0: Have we successfully divided the country, Imogen Wells?
1: Well, there's no division. There's a strong majority. Is there really? Yeah.
0: Ah, okay. Well, sorry, for context, we asked you yesterday if you would rather the All Blacks won the World Cup or the Warriors win the NRL Premiership.
1: Chucked a poll on Instagram. Who do you think people have picked? Warriors. Yeah. It's quite odd. Up a... the WARS.
0: We've never <laughs> won it before.
1: I know. No, yeah, I- I'm big on the WARS bandwagon. Yeah. 77% wow. of... Uh, you who voted on our poll said they want the WAS to win Gee, more than they want the AB. That's wild. Yeah, I know.
0: Amazing stuff. And you can direct your um, hate mail if you're an all black fan to newsable at No, just <Emil>. a <laughs> Donovan. <laughs> Thankfully, my name is hard to spell. Anyway, kia ora. this is newsable. I'm Emil.
1: And I'm Imogen. And this is what's worth talking about. It's a name the whole country will know by now Tom Phillips, the man from Maracopa who's been on the run for a year and a half. So, what do we know about the police investigation?
0: Also, 1NZ has been named New Zealand's worst mobile provider in terms of customer service, so its chief executive is fronting up to chat about how they are looking to make it better.
1: This might sound niche, but what on earth is going on with the national anthems at the Rugby World Cup?
0: And how a bunch of people obsessed with looking at fat bears saved a man's life
1: my favourite sentence you've ever said, and we've got all that coming up in a moment here on Newsable. Newsable takes time and resources to produce. Please support our mahi and visit stuff.co.nz support.
0: You will know his name, Tom Phillips, the father of three who's been on the run for a year and a half with his kids, Jada, Maverick and Ember. He and the children first went missing back in September 2021 from their home in Corpa. His ute was found parked on the beach, which led to a massive search and rescue effort, which was eventually called off when they returned home, but then they disappeared again in early 2022.
1: And now there's a warrant out for his arrest in relation to an aggravated robbery in Tekawiti earlier this year. Look, there's a lot going on, but there's also a lot of questions that remain unanswered about this case. And here to bring us up to speed is staff reporter Rachel Moore. Kia ora, Rachel. How are you?
2: Good. How are you?
1: Good, thank you. Uh,
2: first of all, Rachel, do we know where Tom Phillips is thought to be hiding. We think he's in Waikato. He's been seen a few times over the last few months, but apart from that, absolutely no idea.
1: Do we know who's helping him? Because the indications are that someone or some people are helping him remain hidden, right?
2: Yeah, the, the police from the beginning have said that they think people are helping him, but No one seems to know who. The community, I think, like some are massively in favour of him and some are really against what he's doing, but no one seems to know who's involved.
0: Rachel, what do we know about the police investigation? You know, obviously, this has been going on for a long time, many months now. Do we know anything about what leads they're following, what areas they're focusing on, anything like that?
2: I think they're focused on Waikato. That's the indication so far. I think at the beginning they were doing... Searches in the bush, um, they had the heat-sourcing helicopters, but it doesn't seem like they're doing a whole bunch at the moment, kind of waiting for people to send in some leads, information, suspicious activity.
1: And tell us a bit about this bank robbery earlier in the year in Tikuiti. What do we know about that?
2: Two people, fully dressed in black with helmets, walked into the ANZ in Tikawiti, both armed with firearms. They shot some shots took some cash, fled the scene on a farm bike. Witnesses said that there was like cash all over the ground, people were taking cover, but they were never found.
1: The warrant's now out for his arrest in relation to that, but there's another person. Do we know who that other person is?
2: No, the police think it's a girl, and there's been talk that it might be his daughter. His eldest is 10. Mm. Uh, And there's a photograph on CCTV footage of them on the farm bike, and she does look small, Mm. smaller than him, but the police have no idea who it is.
1: Rachel, is there a sense that police are doing enough here or do you think they're holding back information about the investigation and their lines of inquiries?
2: I think they're definitely holding back information, Mm. especially because he was found and then he managed to get away. I think they're worried that if he finds out what they're doing, it'll be easier for him to evade them. But it's definitely frustrating for locals and people interested in the case.
1: Do we know if family uh, have spoken to police or media?
2: Police have said that they're in ongoing touch with Tom's parents and brother who all live in Maricopa, but they've never spoken to media. They've been super anti any communication with the public. But the mother of the children, she also hasn't spoken to anyone, but she has children to someone else, so they have half-siblings who have publicly spoken out and I think they raise money for a reward for information to find the kids and they've been pretty public about how hugely concerned they are for the children's well-being.
0: And Rachel, just finally on this, you know, obviously one of the most concerning thing about this story is the fact that there are kids involved. What do we know, if anything, about the welfare of, of the children?
2: We don't know anything about the welfare of the children, which I think people are most concerned about. Mm. They're all 10 and under They haven't been in school for more than two years. We don't know what they're eating. We don't know if they've got access to health services or clothing. I think everyone's pretty mostly concerned about the kids rather than actually finding Tom, it's more other kids okay.
1: Rachel Moore, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for having me. We're talking national anthems at the Rugby World Cup a little later. So we want to know what your favourite national anthem is. We'll pop a poll up on Instagram with a few to choose from. But also, if your favor isn't on there, chuck us a DM. You can find us on TikTok or Insta, search Newsable NZ. And you can also email us as well, of course, newsable at staff.co.nz.
3: Kia ora, I'm Adam Blair. i played the great game of rugby league for the Storm, Tigers, Broncos and the Mighty Warriors. And I'm Goran Paladin, sports presenter and rugby league fanatic. I won a World Cup too. I played 51 tests for New Zealand. Yeah, he's a national treasure, people. Come on. Blairy and I, we're joining forces for a brand new rugby league podcast called League of Our Own. Each week we talk Kiwis across the NRL and, of course, everything was. All the big names, the big stories. And some of my own stories, too. Well, if we can make them fit. We'll make time. Okay. League of Our Own with Blairy and Goran. Debut ep dropping on Wednesday afternoon and every Wednesday after that. You can listen through stuff.co.nz or wherever you get your podcast. Proudly brought to you
4: by Snap Rentals. Mate, your your stories are way too long, eh? Nah, we've gotta take them on a journey. <laughs> oh, the journey. Yeah, of course. <laughs>
1: Not a great week for telecommunications company 1NZ. Not only did the One New Zealand Warriors suffer a defeat on Saturday night, but the company was also recently named New Zealand's worst mobile provider as rated by its own customers.
0: So what's going wrong and how does one of the country's biggest telco players up its game in this area? Well, CEO Jason Paris is here now to chat. Jason, thanks very much for coming on the show. Kia ora, thanks for having me.
3: And um, up the wires.
0: Um, Jason, these, these results, they're not flattering. D- did this come as a surprise to you?
3: Yeah, it's still a bit of a surprise. Um, and I don't, I don't agree with the Commerce Commission uh, research, but I do agree we've got still a way to go to get to where we need to from a service perspective. We we wouldn't have rebranded if we felt that our service was as bad as the Commerce Commission said it was. And the research that they did doesn't reflect what our customers are telling us from our own numbers. So, um, yeah, it was a disappointing headline because I don't agree with it. But I'm not backing away from the fact that we've still got quite a lot of work to do on uh, on, on service. But it, um, it's nowhere as bad as uh as it was made out to be last week.
1: When staff wrote this story up, we, we looked at the comments and people were saying difficulty getting connected and disconnected, finding it impossible to get in touch with a human quote. Uh, someone saying 1NZ tanked their credit rating with a bunch of unjustified fees. Why is that stuff happening? Is that an underinvestment in staff?
3: Uh, if you look at those comments, I'd say, quite a few of them talking about historical issues. So yeah, I had an issue with Vodafone or I had an issue a few a few years ago. And that's reflective of what I've seen, that customers, we have pissed a lot of customers off, hundreds of thousands of customers off over the years. But admittedly, you know, as you've, as you've pointed out, some customers are saying actually One New Zealand uh, impacted my credit rating. Mm. One New Zealand hasn't uh, made the change I requested. And all I can say is that we know, again, we've got a bunch of work to do. You've got 2,000 New Zealanders that get up every morning, not thinking how can I annoy or disappoint a customer today, but how can I help sort a customer uh, an issue out today, and uh, and we just work through them.
1: But I suppose you know the Commerce Commission is independent of you, the company. Why should people trust what you're saying about what you're hearing customers saying versus something like the Commerce Commission?
3: I think the the first thing we should look at what do we agree on? Should service be better? Yes. So concentrate on that. Uh, the Commerce Commission wants uh, telecommunications companies to improve their service levels because it's annoying customers. Yeah, I agree. Then how do you do it? The questions they've asked are different to the questions we ask our customers. Jason, slightly abrupt change of tag here, but uh, while you're here,
0: let's talk about the 1NZ Warriors. How are you feeling about this, uh, this Saturday's match? It's been a couple of Couple of at uh, least an ideal results in a row, but you're still hopeful to make the preliminary finals, I imagine.
3: Yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm more than hopeful. I'm really confident, actually.
1: I saw you trying to justify how the Was will win this weekend. Yeah, based well, what... on last weekend's performance. Look at you getting
3: <laughs> twenty points scored off our own errors. You remove those errors, you take the twenty points off.
1: Uh, Jason Paris, thanks for fronting. Thanks for chatting up the Was.
0: Up the Was. And Jason will be running an Ask Me Anything live on stuff this afternoon at 1pm. So if you've got any questions to ask him, jump on there.
1: The Rugby World Cup has kicked off, and the less said about the All Blacks, the better at this stage. But the tournament itself is copping a bit of flack for an unexpected reason, and that's the national anthems.
0: Yeah, all the national anthems at the tournament so far have been sung by an unaccompanied children's choir at what can only be described as a breakneck tempo. (laughs) And uh, lots of viewers are complaining that this doesn't really allow the crowd to sing along and at least to a bit of a messy sound, both uh, in the stadium and on on TV. Here is an example. This is the French national anthem uh, on Saturday morning.
1: And here's Irish rugby legend, Brian O'Driscoll's take on the rugby podcast,
4: Off the Ball. You know, the, the two big anthems, if we're, if we're, if we're honest, are the Marseillaise and, and the, Italian French, uh, the Italian anthem. And um, both of them feel as though they've been butchered. Uh, there's no opportunity for
0: everyone to properly get in mind. Now, David Squire is the musical director of the New Zealand Youth Choir and also conducted several choirs who performed national anthems at the 2011 Rugby World Cup in New Zealand. And he joins us now with his analysis of what's going on. David, kia ora. Kia ora.
1: The anthems are sounding so bad. Where do you think they're going wrong? Is it that lack of uh, backing track is it using the children, bless them I mean you don't want to be too harsh, it is a bunch of kids
4: I think it's really hard I totally understand why you would want children there front and centre absolutely, Mm. but give them the right tools to succeed I think having a very good backing track um, that's at a great tempo, um, makes it work really well emil i have to say i do i do quite like the, the tempo of of the french anthem right. i think it, you it like marching along
0: do you i think it revolution I, revolution vibes nothing
4: worse than a dirge <laughs> tempo at, at a before a rugby match some of the times i've heard and i'm oh my gosh is this <laughs> calma, even gonna begin <laughs> yeah
0: let's let's go people Just before we jumped on here, I was listening to my favourite rendition of an anthem at a sports match, which was the entire Millennium Stadium in Wales, with a brass band singing the Welsh National Anthem. The whole stadium was singing without any kind of self-consciousness. How do you get that to happen as a musical director or is it just sort of lightning in a bottle that either happens
4: or it doesn't and if you're oh in Wales Oh my gosh well we're talking Wales here people. <laughs> yeah. you know the country of singing and rugby yeah you know it's like before I die that's on my bucket list I would love to go and and just sing along my hand blah, blah, blah. you know they they have the most amazing language it's the mo- it's a phenomenal anthem and they all sing it's mm-hmm. part of the culture um I just can even begin to imagine what that would be like. Mm. I, I think you're right. That would be the perfect way because you do have the fundamentals probably well, uh, the technological requirements for, for miking something on a rugby field and getting it to all parts of the stadium at the same time so that it's not going, it's not laggy. I think that was part of the problem um, with the game in France. It's really tricky, mm. but if you can get it right and everyone joins in, it, there's nothing like it.
1: Controversial question for you now. Favorite national anthem?
4: Um, I love Canada. Oh. oh, okay. I love the Canadian national anthem. I think it's really cool. Don't
1: think I've heard um, it. Don't think I've it, heard enough national anthems to be asking this question. To be perfectly okay. Oh, Canada!
4: This. I think okay like, Oh, Canada. Yep. <laughs> oh, Canada. <laughs> oh Canada Damn, right, oh man. Need to play? Yeah, it's really cool. The one of my favorite ones from the um, 2011 World Cup was Namibia. Oh, yeah. It was one of the youngest anthems because the. Uh, the person who wrote it, English is not a first language. All of the word stresses are on the wrong syllable. Alright. Oh, so it's a really interesting anthem to sing mm. and make it sound flowing.
1: David Squire. Thanks for coming on for a yarn.
4: Pleasure. Hey, we're still gonna talk about how
0: a live streaming camera up a mountain saved a man's life. But while you're here, if you're enjoying what you are hearing, chuck us a like and a follow on your favourite podcast platform. It really helps other people to find us too.
1: Emil, you know how I love beers.
0: I do. I'm familiar with this.
1: And you know how I love hiking.
0: Big hiker. Big, Big hiking,
1: hiking girl. You also know how I love hidden cameras.
0: Love hidden. One.
1: I've got a story for you about the confluence of all of these three very wonderful but also very different things. Did you just say
0: that you love hidden cameras? Look,
1: moving on. There's a national park in Alaska, Katmai National Park. Lots of bears live up that way. And Katmai National Park is like the Twickenham. For my favorite annual event called Fat Bear Week. This happens in October as the bears are prepping for their winter hibernation. And basically they set up a bunch of cameras all around the park. And you can go to this website and watch the bears frantically gorge on salmon in the Alaskan <laughs> wilderness. And at the end of the week, spectators vote on who has become the chonkiest boy, the rotundus hungus, the grizz with the riz, your favorite <laughs> fat bear. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so this is this is like the biggest loser, but in reverse and it's with, with bears, brown bears.
1: Mm, exactly. The chunky chon- chunky boy competition. Imagine this is
0: this is the greatest thing you have ever given to me.
1: You're welcome. <laughs> and I'm about to make it even better. What? So the cameras are set up all year round. I was watching some this morning, for example. <laughs> but they get really popular at this time of year because the race is on. Some of the beers are starting to get, try and get an early lead yeah. on, on becoming the Tronkyers boy. Because they
0: really want to win yeah, the yeah, they are
1: very well aware that the competition exists and it's a very real thing that they're a part of. But last week people were watching the live stream and saw an unexpected special guest on screen, a hiker.
0: A hiker, a human hiker.
1: A human hiker who was standing smack bang in front of one of the cameras and seemed to be mouthing, help me, I'm lost.
0: Oh my god, what?
1: Yeah, yeah, the beer enthusiasts leapt into action, alerted the National Park Service who sent out a search and rescue team. They briefly got lost too. Very, very confusing. But they ended up finding this poor bloke, getting him to safety, and now he's alive and well.
0: So the beer camera saved the hiker. Big brother has value, indeed.
1: Fat beer has saved people. And of course, we will be keeping a close eye on the live stream as we inch closer to Fat Beer Week and look forward to celebrating 2023's chonkiest boy. But you know what? I'm just going to end it there because how how else could I top what I've just given everyone? That's Newsable for today. I'm Imogen Wells.
0: And going out while we're on top, I'm Imogen Donovan. Thank you very much for listening. We'll catch you tomorrow.
1: Explore.org is where you want to find the live streams. If you like this podcast, please support our work. Visit stuff.co.nz/support. If you don't have time to read the in-depth stories or you just prefer to listen instead, The Long Read from Stuff is the podcast for you.